halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fucked it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, I'm Kim Gaynor. Hi, I'm Camilo Fantasia. Hi, I'm Jenny Tear, and this is Halfway There, a podcast about the new middle age. I'm back. I'm back, bitches. I'm up the bridge. I got called back. I survived. I survived New York City. I did. We got such... We got such good feedback for our last episode that we were hesitant to allow Jen back, but she she literally got down on her knees. She begged, she pleaded, she wept. It was such a pathetic display. We couldn't, we couldn't. I, I truly, I, I, I was, uh, I tr- groveled in the dirt. I did a, I yeah. did a see of myself groveling like a worm. Please, <laughs> please. Um, we said, what the hey? Yeah. Let her back. And yeah. Oh, you guys, there's um, some lovely music coming from a dorm. Yeah, baby. It's been warm here, so all of the blues traveler is playing all over. Oh, oh nice. Tell me about warm. Can you hear the fan behind me? It's uh, hot as hell here. It's no. in, it, it's uh, a feels like 94 day. Wow. Yeah, global warming is real, baby. Yeah, this is only like, it feels like 70 here, so. <laughs> I laugh. I is that not snow? I, I was going to ask you, Jen. That's not snow in the window that I'm seeing. No, on trees. That, is, that is just simply the white colonials behind. Oh, me. yeah. Now I'm looking yeah. closer. I mm-hmm. see. Lovely just day. Puritanical. You, <laughs> you guys still have the sunlight, and I have been plunged deep into darkness for at least two hours now. Because I guess equator winter there, right? Um, no, no, no. She's the same. No, it, no the days are all, they're almost exactly the same length like throughout the year. There's very little difference because, yeah. but yeah, I guess, I mean, there are seasons. There's still it's, seasons. Yeah. It's because you're so far to the east of your time zone. That's why the sun comes up earlier time-wise and no, it has nothing to do with time zones. It has to do it with does. the place on the... It doesn't. It has... Time zones are man-made. Time... It has to do with the your your proximity to the equator. Mom and dad don't mm. the But it also... But it also, like, let's say you're on a time zone. Like, if you're at the eastern end of the time zone, you get the sun comes up earlier. Uh, if you're like... Time an, zones like an hour, are man-made and it, tomorrow... But they still they affect can, the time the sun comes up or have, not. They can make a clock. completely different time zone. Jen, that this, has is, this is what happened. This was, the, this was the entire last episode. What do you What do you think uh, daylight savings time is? Okay, look. It, I truly have nothing to add. It's incredible. Yes. I have no comment. There is... <laughs> from the east side to the west side of a time zone, there's usually one hour difference in time and sunrise and sunset. Listen, I don't want to bring up for the viewers how you were mightily confused about the time zones for at least the first three months of us uh, doing this this uh, podcast. Uh, 
How dare you? And I gently I'm, I'm, and I'm, kindly I'm, and graciously explained it to you. I feel um, like I'm going to have to create an info, infographic for this. Like infographics are my strength. You should Dude. definitely, I think you should, once this podcast is over, listen to the Fiddler on the Roof, Sunrise, Sunset. <laughs> That'll be your way to learn. It's a good show. Good song. It is. Um, apparently, uh, the entire crypto Bitcoin market is exploding as we speak. Is that, and wait, exploding like upward or down? Like the entire market is melting down. Oh, oh not in a good way. Not in a good way. Like people are to to the degree that any of it is real, people are losing. Like the entire market is basically literally melting down. Is this why I haven't heard about from my crypto friend for a while? Probably because if he actually has any real money like tied up in it, I think all of that is going bye bye. Ooh. Um, what about NFTs? Like, is my board eight number three thousand four hundred twenty-two? Ugly computer-generated image of an ape in a Hawaiian shirt and a backwards baseball cap losing all value. Is that what yes. you're telling me? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you. Please, I hope your windows are sealed. But I bought it for fifty-four thousand dollars. And then I screenshotted it and sent it to my entire contacts list. I'm sorry. I will never understand NFTs. Yes, but the, meta, the metadata in your screenshot is not the original metadata. And it, can, it can't be authenticated as the real scared. thing, Kim. It, it's pixels. This is the biggest scam of all history. Tell me differently. I feel personally attacked because most of the work I do is just pixels. Most yes, of graphic it's, design nowadays is just integrating pixels. pixels, but you cannot um, <laughs> you cannot rest like originality uh, in something that is made up of pixels that can be infinitely reproduced and be exactly the same as the original. So basically, essentially, what's happening is it's netting out to to almost nothing like 75 cents. Um, it's, I think they're unpegging it from any kind of backing of, of the dollar. I don't really understand how any of this work, but the CNBC, there's a CNBC article that basically says the whole thing is exploding. I, I, uh... I like anything that you cannot, anything you can't like explain that has to be <laughs> in three words or less, or like three sentences or less, it's just a scam, right? It's just a scam. No, I can explain in three words or less. But you, you blockchain, do. blockchain, get some. <laughs> okay, all right, that makes sense to who? <laughs> to, to everybody, all of our, listeners, all of our, all of our. Don't please Not don't underestimate our some. listeners. Our listeners are very intelligent people. That the demographic sense. of our listeners is. 31 like to 55-year-olds who are financially savvy and plugged into the future financial markets who invest right. heavily into cryptocurrencies and um, <laughs> and proudly display their NFTs on those uh, those photo display things that you can get that like you now plug in a USB to, so they cycle between pictures. Look, I'm going to break it down more simply. The only people who understand what you said are like sup people who wear Supreme t-shirts and <laughs> smoke pot like at 8 a.m. in the morning. 
and uh, I don't know, go to like Kanye's record listening parties. Other than that, <laughs> ain't nobody gonna understand. They're like Martin Shrekley, but not in jail yet, I guess. It's absolutely, 100%. 100%. Although he actually had a product was it was a drug, right? He was like it was pharmaceutical, so there was something tangible to it. Yeah, he was just what overcharging. He knew what was up. You are you actually taking up for pharma, bro? Oh my <laughs> no. god. No, no, I I feel like I'm mis- I'm deliberately misrepresenting my position here for for argumentative purposes, but I will say that it's all ridiculous to me, but the concept of Bitcoin and like bit, that kind of thing is not um, unfeasible. It's not unreasonable to me. It's just the fact that it's unregulated is the fact that makes it so insane. And it's also environmentally um, unsound. So that's not good, but NFT- How is it environmentally unsound? That's interesting. Oh, do you really want to hear about Bitcoin mining and how much computing, have- processing, and energy it requires? It's so it's yeah. really boring. It's- they have these whole rooms, right, of the yeah. like Bitcoin. Okay, yeah, uh, that's funny. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Just think of it as something electronic that is or yeah. digital that is doesn't use resources, but of course it does. A lot of people are pointing out the hypocrisy of a generation that claims to be eco-conscious at the same time, sort of avidly trying to produce this fake resource. Although um, apparently it's like a, I mean, I listened to something today that says it's it's like a $3 trillion market. Like if it melts down to the degree, the degree it appears to be, it will actually affect affects the real the quote the real world like it will yeah happen. but like half of these people are like you know selling babies and like you know <laughs> giraffe hamburgers uh, you know on the black market like th- there's a there's a huge element of that is is like dark web activities and things that are not above board how do you um, I think like all weird pyramid scheme things, it's the people who got in early have made a lot of money and yeah. they have that money. And if there's if they've smart, they, they're they've diversified and they've moved it into more traditional, you know, financial um, yeah. assets. But there are like there's this whole world of like stay at home moms and entrepreneurial bros and whatever that have just bought into the they've bought into the whole thing and they've put tons of money into it. And they're the ones that are set up to lose lots of money that they probably didn't have that much of to start with. Cause I've read plenty of articles about people who have invested $10,000. They could ill afford because they thought this God. is going to, you know, this is going to blow up and it's going to be a million dollars in a hot minute. Like you put off buying a Powerball lottery ticket every day. Like, honestly. Well, that's much more affordable. Really, it is. I wonder how Matt Damon feels right about now. (laughs) He doesn't care. It's so skin off his ass. He got paid. Like, What about Larry David? (laughs) And Larry David and LeBron. I guess those were the three uh, crypto commercials at the- um, Wasn't there a chick? No, uh, chicks don't get involved. No, no, we don't yeah, want chicks. Yeah. Stay away, stay away, chicks. This is a guy thing. You know, just oh, no, the lady let us fuck up our finances real bad. No, 
Well, there was a whole girl boss feminism strain that was like, ladies, get your crypto coin and get rich. <laughs> Big girl boss, bad bitch. Yeah. yeah. Rutch is my, it's the hot new word we have to make happen. Get yeah. Rutch. Yeah. We got to get Rutch. <laughs> Ladies, you got to buy your, uh, your block time if you want to come to the brunch. You want to get Rutch. Now they're having watch movies like Uncut Gems. You, did you guys see that whole, uh, uh, what's her name? Kanye's like I follow, I follow that I'm story like it was any of my own really yeah I don't know I was like why am I following this story because I'm like I am a sucker for a downtown New York like staple fashionista you know nightlife entrepreneur woman amazing <laughs> like I've been watching I, I've been <laughs> It is, it is it. It we're, like, we're coining we're coining language left and right here this we're is bitcoining language yes that's right a woman sounds like a mermaid who trades stocks <laughs> <laughs> um i'm watching russian doll season two and yeah. it's just like it's natasha leone and and chloe sevigny and it's just it's such oh, a new york vibe and and it's time travel to the 80s spoiler it's you get it right away right off the first episode so they're like in the 80s in 80s fashions the two of them it's such an explosion of like new york downtownness uh it's a lot is it good uh, of course it's good it's yeah. mesmerizing everybody in it is mind-blowingly iconic it's disgusting new york from the 80s mm. um yeah i don't i can't even honestly i can't even tell if it's good it's just utterly <laughs> the, the performances the the, the the act the actors the performances the dialogue which is absurd and heightened phenomenal so season one is fantastic too really good okay. russian doll you heard it here first Yes, hmm. I watched the, the first season, but I haven't watched the second season oh. yet. So you were not enthused about the first season? Oh, I liked it. I thought it was oh. good, actually. I really liked it. Season two is oh, good. Is season it? two is much more chaotic. It's pure oh. chaos. I'm look. I'm always looking for stuff. There's a lot to watch. Yes. There is. And we should watch it now before commercials come to Netflix. No, um, you can you can still keep your non-commercials level it'll be cheaper with commercials i see it'll be a different tier ah. so they because they're bleeding subscribers so they want to like retain people just serve them charge them i don't know 4.99 a month serve right. up them hot hot commercials that you cannot fast forward through Ooh. um hey if it gives people more work i'm all for it maybe the golden age of commercials will be back <laughs> no, it seems to be. I'm hearing about all these auditioning for uh, commercials filming in South America and Mexico and all over the place. Yeah. Netflix is going to need filler for its filler. So yeah. get ready to drive a fast car. Commercials never went away. There must be a huge subsection of the population that doesn't DVR and doesn't. It doesn't have a working skip. remote. Yeah, I know. Maybe they're just if the remote is like a foot away from where they're lounging and they just can't be bothered or they just pick up their phone during commercials. I don't know. 
I don't it, know why it does people seem like such a throwback, like such yes. an old timey thing that how do we still have this? Sometimes mm-hmm. I will deliberately watch the commercials because it's so mesmerizing that that it still exists. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, no, 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 Jim, stop, stop, backtrack. I want to see that crazy image that flashed across the screen. And then I watch this commercial. I'm like, that was wild. This is even more intense than the show we're watching. Part of the whole attraction with the Super Bowl, right, is the iconic commercials. I mean, presumably. Yes. But those are deliberately created to be almost like shorts, like movie shorts that really tell a story. But I find the everyday commercials much more fascinating because it's like, this is what you think. They're more reflective of what these people think society is currently like. Mm-hmm. Like the really boring ones, like, I don't know, cereal and observing like, oh, now the man's cleaning the house. Like it was always the woman was getting a cleaning product. But then you're like. One thing that I noticed, it's funny. I don't I don't really have occasion to see many. I just don't watch television. I watch like Netflix and then Internet stuff. And sometimes you'll see commercials there, but not like if you're watching network TV, but when the times I've watched recently, I'm like, Oh, like this is clearly a thing. Like to me, for one thing, one thing, for instance, that stood out to me is that every couple seems to be an interracial couple in such great numbers that it seems disproportionate than from like what is probably actually happening in the United States, but you know, maybe not, but obviously if that's being reflected in commercials, then there is the the powers that be or the you know advertising uh, agencies have determined that that those demographics are lucrative. So mm-hmm. I, I find that interesting. Things like that stick out to me because I don't I don't know if it's like if you're not watching something for a while and then you kind of you yeah. kind of drop in, it's yeah. things are more obvious. But that's, that's one it. thing that stuck to me. Yeah. That's exactly what I was trying to communicate because I don't want to make it seem like I'm constantly watching commercials um, because I do value my life somewhat, but, but yeah, I've noticed the exact same thing. There Hmm. is, there are far more people of color represented in commercials than are probably the percentage of the population in the U S I think it's great. I don't, it's, this is not a criticism, but it's an observation that um, I've made. And I, 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 I think advertisers are also, you know, in a race to appear inclusive and appear woke, um, which is fine. I actually don't have a problem with it. I, to me, like, well, woke, to me, woke is not necessarily a negative term. Woke um, can also be a synonym for fake. We know that, like, yeah. woke, it's fake. Adver- you know. I guess it, but, it's because it's advertising. You have to, you have to question every it- motive and every every like choice. I want to make a slight distinction because I'm talking uh, because demographically speaking, and we've spoken about this in 20, 40 years, not even white people will be a minority in the United States. So that is could be, um, you know, could be considered as forward looking, but but and, and maybe maybe it follows that interracial relationships will be that um visible but um it's uh, i I'd, I'd like to see the statistics on that because i think that they are sort of uh def- definitely over representing certain things maybe maybe the 
just racial diversity, although racial diversity is a is a real thing. Um, obviously, that that into the future, it's going to be it's it's going to behoove those people trying to sell things to include um, people of color if they want to make money. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. I think you put hit the nail on the head because I definitely don't want to come across as a white supremacist who's saying that's not enough. <laughs> there's not enough white people in commercials. No, no one said no. You know, that's not what I'm trying to say anymore. But I think just to I make it clear, I think it's about making money. So you always yeah. have to look at advertising with a cynical eye and think, why are they making these choices? There might be some there might be no, some good intentions involved, but at the end of the day, it's about selling products. So it's also um, products to certain groups of white people, right? Which is like liberal white people who want to feel like they are also inclusive and thus watching entertainment or images that are inclusive. Yeah, because sure. Right now the population is still 70% white. That will change, but the there's still a broad demographic of people who are, who are white, you know, it's like, it's like those, um, those signs outside of people's houses that I can't stand that like in this house, we believe, you know, and it's all of these pieties that like, here's my, oh, wife. wow. Your cynicism is, <laughs> what are these signs? I don't know. I don't, we, we have them all over my neighborhood. I don't yeah, know what, I don't I, know what you're referring to actually. Them, liberal stations of the cross um <laughs> it's these quasi it's like in this house we believe like no human being is illegal um it's just these like no sexual orientation is should it's be like, you know whatever and they liberal dudes they, yes. they're they're really like they're like the anti-abortion signs of the left i mean they're just so ubiquitous and they're so I, I don't know. This has been a rough week and I feel so hopeless in terms of like our political situation. And I think in some ways, signs like that have weirdly contributed to and just the left's embrace of kind of symbolism over any action. I really think it's, you know, there's a there was a headline. One of the one of the op ed pieces in The New York Times today, uh, today was called was titled Sometimes History Goes Backward. And I think we're just in one of those eras, I think everybody experiences in their lifetime, but we will, as you know, I'm the eternal optimist. We will recover from this and may suck for a few years, but I think that um, these biracial ads are moving, are moving us forward more than you think. And they will be the vanguard of a future of acceptance and love for all people and pro-choice. That's that's my, I thought that's, you were going some completely different place no, with that. But, that's my okay. little. That's my little flag. I'm going to put that on my little flag and like put it on my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen will come by and roll her eyes as she's strolling by. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. The people giving me hope are the little kids <laughs> unionizing their Starbucks stores, and the like incredible two guys who were best friends at Amazon who have unionize that warehouse to me that's actual collective organizing it's a coalition building and like figuring out okay we have to work together to make material gains happen i find that much more inspiring than a sign on somebody's yard sign on somebody's yard is very easy it just is i agree yes and no but i recently had a conversation with jim about this because 
it's gotten to the point where people who are not queer will post rainbow flags on their porches out of solidarity and neighborhoods such as mine. And Jim's like, oh, it used to be, you know, our symbol is being co-opted. But at the same time, I feel like when you are confronted with these messages, not confronted, that's the wrong word. When you're exposed, let's say you're a 13-year-old who is trying to make up their mind about stuff in the world, but you're seeing these messages, even if it's a really anodyne lawn sign like what we're discussing, it sort of creates the sense that, oh, okay, this is, uh, people do think this way. It's a it's a safe place. I, I agree. I mean, I yeah. think, yes, of course it's easy. But um, it's also it, it, it's also a way of saying, look, this is this is where we stand and we're here. You know, we're holding space for these progressive ideas. It doesn't mean really jack shit other than we're willing to say that, you know, and I mean, that can be depending on where you are in the world and the country that can be helpful for someone else to, to see. I know for me, you know, being in certain places in the United States, walking down the street or being in certain cities feels unsafe. And that is, I don't think that that is um, an experience that many white people can identify with or they don't feel that very often. Um, but there are just certain places, <laughs> you know, certain places in upstate New York, I felt really unsafe or certain, you know, really deep South places that I'm, I'm, I felt unsafe. You know, I have thought of, of as one of my, you know, dream outcomes for my life or a thing I want to pursue is we talked about van life it was something that I thought, oh, that might be cool to do. But ultimately, when I think about driving around the United States, at least by myself as a single Black woman, I would not feel safe. So I think that in a small way, just showing up and saying we are this, you know, um, can be helpful or create a safe environment for certain people. Yeah. or safe feeling at least it's like the little green book of now right is that what it was called what was the travel book for african-americans that was oh yeah um it's it like blue. safe places but this was back in the day okay can i say something camilo though it, a lot of times where those signs appear the like in this house we believe are largely upper upper class like predominantly white neighborhoods. No question. Don't have that. Don't have like issues of, of. You don't think black people feel unsafe in those places? I, I mean, I know what you mean. You have like the. I mean, mental... from my perspective, I'm telling oh. you why I think they could be a good thing. I totally agree that they're easy and they don't really do much. But yeah, just off. I just think that there. I just think that that's an interesting phenomenon that they largely appear in well-to-do, largely well-to-do neighborhoods. I, I don't, I, I think it's perfectly explainable. It's a result of, again, people who have been exp exposed enough to the world and to critical thinking and education that they've formed liberal ideas about the world. And that's no guarantee that that's going to happen, but it's more likely to happen if you are. That's interesting. That's a bold statement. I have to, I have to 
uh, right. considering every single Supreme Court justice is an Ivy League grad from yeah. some of the top the top law schools of this country. Correct. But I don't think that a liberal that any of those Ivy League <laughs> Supreme Court justices would actually come out of their house with a gun and wave it around until it get off my lawn. But Camilo, liberals, liberals, uh, no, I have to save this. Liberals are the the standard bearers of critical thinking. I mean, are you really willing to make that? (laughs) Okay, is that is that a hot? Is that you basically just said that? Is that a hot take? Um, I feel overall. Yes, it's a hot take. I feel like overall, yes, not entirely. I feel like you can be a thoughtful conservative, absolutely, but I feel that overall. Critical thinking, really thinking about the world. And I don't know, maybe maybe critical thinking plus empathy leads to liberalism. I don't know. Look, this is a podcast where I'm spitballing. It's a hot take. But I do. My inclination is a degree of moral piety now that agree that exists in liberal circles, uh, a kind of like haughty, sniffy moralism. Wait, haughty? Yeah. Yes, oh, haughty. 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 Oh, I thought I thought you said a haughty more. Uh, oh, I'm like, oh yeah. No, I'm talking about haughty, being in academia, which I feel like is very much the like the center of liberal thought, yeah. like um, and a snobbery that I find personally very distasteful, yeah. and I think it reeks of a kind of weird provincialism, actually. Yeah, and I think, I think we're coming. And that, like, ultimately, some people's cultures are going to be very different. I th- yeah, I guess we're coming at it from a, I'm coming at it from a very like genteel middle, I would say upper middle to upper middle class neighborhood where people are just really friendly, soft spoken, open hearted. It's not there's not the pretension of academia. It's just they really seem genuine. I don't know if they're concealing some kind of. Um, my, my, my mindset, but but it's but that's kind of where I'm coming at it from. And this is exactly the kind of neighborhood you described with those lawn signs. So when I meet these people, I feel like they're really I guess earnest maybe is the word I'm looking for. They really earnestly are for that. They really are for the. And yet what is what are they for? I mean, it is uh, it's easy it's pretty easy to be all those things when you're not confronted by any outside forces because you don't, you, you're in this upper middle class neighborhood and you don't have to deal with diversity or problems that, that arise from uh, poverty or these mm-hmm. things and in, encroaching in on your safe world at all. Kim, I feel so, like I'm losing you. I thought you were on board with me. Now I'm losing you. I don't know. I know. I mean, you know me. I'm the I'm the swing justice. <laughs> I are you are I, the swing. No, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. If you have the luxury of time to sit around and think, I'm going to try to try or genuinely I want to be inclusive. I don't mean to be smirched by saying try. I'm going to take the time to buy these signs. I'm going to take the time to put them out. I want people to know then yeah you have a certain luxury of not worrying about other you know what i mean like other things that if you yeah. were less privileged this is the last thing on your mind you're trying to fucking just survive and function you know so yeah i agree you don't you don't go to a lower income neighborhood in Kansas City for the most part and see 
Black Lives Matter signed, even if it's a predominantly Black neighborhood. You don't I, see I guess, the yes, rainbow. Yes. Yeah, you don't see, it's like. I'll say something. We went to a very rich town in Massachusetts this summer. Um, that was, it's, it's, I, it's I love, I love how you're withholding the name as if you're protecting okay. its identity. <laughs> great, great Barrington. $700 uh, sundresses, Black Lives Matter signs in every single like shop window. And I said to Shantaine, I was like, I have never seen you been more, I've never seen you be more racially profiled in the entire time we've been dating. Yay, yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, was like, it was it like you walked into a shop and they saw him and they're like, yes. No, they were like visibly wincing. Oh, really? Yeah. What what do you, where where what is that question coming from, Camilo? It's like you almost didn't. I understand. thought they were excited. They're like, oh, everybody's white here all the time. Finally, a person of color comes into our yeah. shop. Right, but what excited. you just said is that the racial profiling is intense there. I thought it was racial profiling in the sense of like identifying a race and then that's not how it works. You don't you're not racially profiled for positive reasons, unfortunately. (laughs) It was it was it was it was about class though. It was about a lot of things, but also they 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 there's a poorly dressed nigga in our store. Yeah, it was like he's not he doesn't look like he could afford these things. Was he poorly and dressed? He was dressed like how he dresses. Like, like a normal person. No, that's a thing. That's a good question actually, Camilo, because he probably wasn't any more poorly dressed than any of those, you know, soccer dads out there. Yeah. Like, come on. Trust me, nobody is more poorly dressed than a fucking soccer dad. He was Just wearing fucking a fucking athleisure like- hell. No, I mean, he looked like Shantaine isn't a fancy dresser. No. You're not. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, But it was really intense and I really noticed it. And it was, Mm. it it just reeked of like that kind of real liberal hypocrisy. It was, it was really gross. No, that is absolutely liberal, disgusting hypocrisy. Yeah. Had taste in my mouth, you know, that day. It was a strange day. Um, and I just think that mm, we, I get, I guess in some ways I was really struck by the symbolism of like the signs in every window proclaiming, screaming out their tolerance. And then, you know, they were trying to hide it, but it was mm-hmm. they were obviously, you know, uncomfortable because they thought that, oh, here's somebody who we just can't help it. We just assume that that person that looks like that can't afford these things. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess as this conversation develops and I think about um, experiences, you know, I had said it could help someone feel safe, but the kind of situations that I was talking about going into spaces where I I meant going into spaces where someone like me is not seen. Um, So I guess, I guess, well, in these super rich neighborhoods, there are fewer people like me. And in these uh, maybe really right wing backwoods kind of um, Trump land places, I'm people like me aren't seen either. Um, but those signs are also not seen there. So I don't know to what extent, you know, it, it could make a person feel safe if that person never 
goes to those places where they're not normally seen. I will it's just say kind of like an echo chamber sort of thing. Although I do think, interestingly, if you had been like dressed super preppy and like an Izod and pink shorts, like that's how the people dress there, you know, like boater shoes and they all looked like they came out of a wasp factory. Like, I do think we would get a slightly different reaction. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. Like, I wonder because I've been racially pro- profiled uh, plenty of plenty fucking times, many, and I can think of re- really specific instances. Um, you know, a, a few were when I was younger, and so I think that w- might have had something to do with it. Like, if you're young in a space where things cost a lot of money, yeah. then you might you might. Um, it doesn't matter your race, your shoplifting. Garner, garner some attention. Well, it does matter. It, 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 it makes it worse. It absolutely does matter. We can't say that it does not matter your race. It absolutely does matter. But, um, but I have been racially profiled. And, and I think, you know, looking back on it, I've sort of like thought of those things. Like, was I dressed not... Like, I doubt that the, the, the people where you were were dressed like so much better than Chatein, you know? Like, I just, I really doubt it. And in those situations that I was in, it's not like I'd walked into the fucking Cartier store and was like, show me all your best diamonds. And, you know, was wearing sweatpants, like, um, or wearing anything I own, really. It wouldn't be good enough. But, you know, it was just other situations where I feel like now I'm just pretty much a person that is on the same level as all the other people here, um, definitely dressed no worse and probably dressed better than, a, you know, at, at least a portion of them. And I'm treated worse. So, yeah. 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 I do no. think there's something right about, I mean, there's something in what Jen is saying about a lot of these places, there's a uniform and, it can be shabby. It can be shabby, white, rich person uniform, but it's a uniform. And if you're not in that, it's clear you're an outsider. Right, right. But, Even if but no matter again, what. Like I said, like I like like this, the the example I use, like walking into a Cartier store and, and asking for the best time. It's like, obviously, there's a uniform there, but but. Racial profiling happens in really mundane places. I think that's the thing that you're not actually maybe considering. Oh, no, know? I completely like agree. The I... Walmart and the oh, you yeah. know, 7-Eleven and all kinds of places. So oh, yeah. when you really think about it like that. Um, you know, it's weird, though. I wonder how much racial profiling, my God, happens in like a Walmart, because those are truly some of the mixed places, even in Vermont, which is so white. It's like 94 percent white. The Walmart is genuinely multiracial. Like, but they're known for security guards. Oh yeah, targeting targeting people of color because of yeah. And I would say probably yeah. writ large, like the people who who shop there, they're you know they're usually not they're not well to do. Now I'm picturing a person in a rascal scooter, an, a 400 pound person in a rascal scooter trying to shoplift and like being chased by a security guard around Walmart to the music of uh, Benny Hill. Oh my god, that's like hideously classist, Camilo. 
Oh my God. You need to, you need to, <laughs> need to t- send you to a, like a re-education. Um, do we want to keep talking about my re- re-education or do we want to move on to your segment? The medieval Twitter, when things yeah. were better, maybe medieval, the medieval, what did the medieval pe- peasants know? Yes. So sure. We can, we can, um, talk about, I found this, uh, article in the Atlantic. I sent it on our still hot Twitter th- not Twitter thread. God, I've got Twitter on the fucking brain. Um, text thread to which Kim said, what does this have to do with <laughs> our podcast? Is it just that it's called Middle Age? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I have to say yes. That was That is correct. What are the cool kids up to? What music do they like? Where do they go at night? Are they watching sexy Netflix shows or anime or both? Cool, cool kids, like really cool kids. We want to know what you're up to. Ah, oh, as if. Um, I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting that there's like, I guess on Twitter, there's this weird nostalgia that's emerged or just the internet for the Middle Ages. And <laughs> as this time, there was this tweet that went like super viral uh, okay, here, here, here goes. Medieval peasants worked only about 150 days out of the year. The church believed it was important to keep them happy with frequent mandatory holidays. You have less free time than a medieval peasant. <laughs> right. I, mean, talk I about read the article, taste. by the way. Yes, and I had pre-read the article before you sent it to us. Oh, wow. It never pre-read. occurred to me that it would be a topic for our podcast, but... Um, discuss is that I mean what did you guys think of the article overall my, my first reaction was is this really a thing are people I thought we had universally agreed um, for obvious and valid reasons that the middle ages were terrible and I didn't know that this sort of nostalgia for black death and <laughs> dying at 12 and um <laughs> you know like literally sleeping with your house was a thing yeah guess it is which says something to how we're all feeling about our current moment Uh, (laughs) true Uh, i i mean the the whole concept is extremely appealing and again it's at speaking of twitter hot takes just sort of putting this factoid out there is twitter catnip which is medieval people work 150 days out of the year but the article that we read, I believe, is the one where the woman's kind of debunking or she's just kind of saying, isn't it? Later on, it, it, it says that yeah. that number is called into question. They yeah. probably walked a lot more than that, closer to 300 days a year. Yeah. And I mean, I think we could all just using using the famous critical thinking skills put put together a pretty solid argument to debunk the you know the the nostalgia behind this or the you know to to, oh, to tell people that cows. milk their cows and live in their little thatch huts wife i mean you know i think if you just kind of squint and like look at it in a very cursory manner like oh people lived off the land and they grew all their own food and their food um was not processed i mean there's things there's like talking points like that that sound better but i mean if you scratch the surface on 
any level. Like, clearly, it was awful. It was awful in so many ways. It's the greatest apple I ever ate, even if I only ate it with one tooth. (laughs) Exactly. My other teeth had rotted out of my head. I'm 12. (laughs) I'm meaning middle-aged. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm right deep into my old age at 13 years old. Um, Not to mention that if you're in the aristocracy, it wasn't all, you know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't all balls and jousting tournaments. It was you could like you ate so much meat, you probably got and meat and and, uh, beer that you you were going to get gout and suffer. Yeah. So and- rich. I mean, let's talk about King Henry VIII suffered immensely. So let's have a little sympathy also for the aristocracy. I mean, it's not just the peasants that had it bad. Okay. Well, then he was also a psychopath. In this house, we believe, Turkey, Turkey. How <laughs> do <laughs> we believe uh, Turkey bones are to be eaten? Cream is to be licked every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You know, it does sound, yeah. I mean, speaking of, uh, I don't know, episodes six, four episodes ago, and when we talk about cottagecore and, and Lolita's, I feel like there is some kind of throwback to like this mm-hmm. agrarian feudal estate sort of life or, or uh, uh, you know, surf, serfdom being sort of sexy. But I mean, um, sexy serfs. Sexy serfs. <laughs> That's the next you know I mean? aesthetic <laughs> for Halloween. I'm going to be a sexy serf. Yeah. I'm I mean, too sexy I mean, for my surf. Too sexy for my surf. So sexy <laughs> it hurts. I, I know what I mean. So yes. a little dance on the moat. <laughs> Um, and they couldn't tweet. What kind of life is that? They couldn't even tweet. There was no tweeting. Um, so they don't even know very much about basically what life was like for peasants, really, because they have no written documentation of it. They have to look at like fossils and extrapolate. I mean, you can. Or they have like... to take the. They have to take the word of the landlords and the land and the and the uh, rich and the royalty, which obviously was slanted for, from their own point of view. I mean, you can look at like Bruegel. Is it Bruegel the Elder's paintings, and see that like the men had boners all the time, so it couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> They have these weird, like, bone. No, they have those codpiece things. Yes. Like, I think, I think, well, what was that before codpiece? No, they just had, like, they were unsupported man bits. That's all. And they, yeah, they basically were pointing like, at, like, straight outward. I mean, they were having a grand old time. That's pretty Thanks. much all the evidence you need. Well, the last couple of lines of this are great. It says medieval peasants are a weird one to go to because, you know, they were rebelling constantly. Why are they storming London and burning down the Savoy Palace if this is a group of half-eager-lucky simple folks who really love the way things are? Exactly. Yeah. but It was miserable. Yeah. I mean, I think there is something kind of disturbing about the fact that there's, like, nostalgia around it. Like, that... that, (laughs) Their life work balance seems seems like 
Jesus, like God, what does that say? Um, have you heard? The, he, have you heard the circadian rhythm, like um, lifestyle? Sort of. Are, these articles are a little bit older, or this kind of these theories are a little bit older. How uh, they had it right. They oh, yeah. would they would go to sleep and sleep for like four hours and then wake up in the middle of the night and like tend to the cows and have sex and not with the cows with each with yeah they would have sex. two sleeps or something yeah they would have like two sleeps and then party maybe at that time and then go back to sleep and that's the ideal you know rhythm of you know, your circadian rhythm like that's how we should operate and having sleep chunked into one long eight hour stretch is extremely unnatural for us to do right it's, it's... I mean, yeah i will say i do think the underlining idea of like these people had a real community and maybe the quantity of life versus the quality of life that you lived like life fully it was short versus like you live a long and listless life apart from any community or family like i think that there it, it was short though and it was miserable i mean i really enjoy history and i enjoy reading about different times and and how things have changed and how what essentially is constant throughout all all of that yeah i i don't i think the 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 idea that they had this community they didn't have time for much like as the article's debunking, you know, this nostalgia, it's pointing out that like, no, they worked a lot more than, than you do now. They were, they were literal slaves. They, they were slaves. They were, the serfdom was, you know, they were beholden to the, this landowner and they could maybe work enough to work off their debt but like most didn't and they there were no weekends there was no like there was no TGIF. there was no mental health days like i mean come on like this is not it's not a hard thing to to debunk like it just was awful and i'm sure that people found joy and happiness in the small ways that they could but like there even even upper class people had there was basically no level of of, of health care they didn't understand what germs were um whether you were rich or poor maybe you had some measure of like a longer life if you're rich but not much People died all the time from toothaches, from colds, from childbirth, from everything. That is a hard no from you. Okay. Hard no. Your medieval nostalgia, and that would be not your destination when time travel becomes readily available. And, and, well, and also, I mean, this is obvious. The Middle Ages, like, obviously has we think of Europe, but obviously there was an entire rest of the world happening during yeah. the Middle Ages outside of Europe. Yeah. Uh, the Middle Ages was a time of the richest man who ever lived, they say, who was called Mansa Musa, who was like a, a, a king of, the, of Mali uh, during this time, who like completely uh, fucked up the gold price in egypt because he came into town with all of his people and like 
like spent so much fucking gold that like it was worthless after that. Um, Like there were other things happening in other places and they, they were probably a lot less miserable than Europe at that time. So that's something to just kind of throw into the mix. Yeah. Is this yeah. Timbuktu? Obviously, China was having a great civilization. India, you know, wasn't just about Europe. Yeah. yeah no. And I'd love to know all of it. I want to know all the history. And that's, you know what, this podcast, as you all know, is highly educational, primarily. Um, I feel like I feel like today we like skidded on the runway of being educational. Um, some, we kind of always half-ass it a little. That's fine. Some useful information was <laughs> was delivered, I think. Um, Inadvertently. So maybe we can. Should I add the tag on Apple Podcasts as a learning learning podcast? Uh, you want to get what? You want to get rid of our twelve listeners that, that we have? I think not. Because the ones that don't want to learn anything and just want to hear bullshit. <laughs> Listen to the first 45 minutes of this podcast. More <laughs> than fulfilled their desires. Um, um, do we, um, what do we want to tell our listeners? To let us know what your medieval fantasies are. Are you a serf? Are you a lord? Are you a cow? <laughs> let us are you a germ? Yeah. Are you a rat that's carrying uh, the black death or flea yeah. on the rat? Are you a knight of the round table? Yeah. What is oh, your... are you the Canterbury Tales? <laughs> are you chlamydia? Let us know. <laughs> are you a are you merkin? The maiden, the maiden chlamydia. Yep. That's so many. Do we know about merkins quickly? Because there was just so much. Oh, oh, maybe not everybody does because there's so much like syphilis and bad stuff and like mm. and and cankers and shit that would happen on people's uh, uh, genitals, oh. especially like women of the night that they would shave the hair on the genitals and then wear a, a like a wig on the genitals to cover up all the the disease. That was that was Merkin. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's survived the test of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Middle Ages. Um, Are you like yeah. a horny monk, like in the name of the rose, mm-hmm. <laughs> who joined a monastery just so you could get it on with other hot dudes? Let us know. Are you, are you rotten teeth? Let us know. Let us know what, <laughs> what part of the Middle Ages appeals to you. And uh, do so at. Halfway there, the podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And oh. if you like this podcast, uh, won't you please tell your peasant friends? <laughs> I tell your Aristo friends, fuck the peasant friends. Yeah, that's true. Tell your lord and, and lady. Your lady. Um, <laughs> and uh, also, you can reach us on all the socials. The scrolly Instagram and the <laughs> Lord Zuckerberg's Facebook. <laughs> um, what else, guys? Can you imagine like rolling out Twitter on a scroll, like getting the latest, all the tweets on a scroll you have to unroll? That was um, like the town crier, probably. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Elon Musk bought, bought Twitter. <laughs> it's over, folks. Here the, old, the old town crier. 
So we're um, at halfway there of the podcast on those things. Um, not Twitter. We're not on Twitter yet. Uh, yeah. But we are just waiting for Donald Trump to get back on Twitter, as Elon Musk said he would uh, do. Did he confirm uh, that? I didn't. Well, know. Well, he confirm is confirm a word we can use with Elon Musk. It's Probably just, not. He just tweets whatever. And uh, we have a Patreon. If you want to get bonuses, if you want to get like a sexy tea, check us out at Halfway There, the podcast on Patreon. Anything else I'm missing? Just, uh, yeah. And also rate and review us. Oh, God. Give, yes. Please give us a five uh, medieval, <laughs> I don't know. Escutcheons. Five escutcheons, please. Escutcheons <laughs> on um, Apple Podcasts and help us boost our numbers. If you wanted to actually write a little something about how amazing this podcast is and how you really enjoy listening and laughing and sometimes learning, how it's we changed. really appreciate it. I agree. And how it's changed your life, how it saved your marriage, <laughs> how it got up and like milked the cows so you wouldn't have to as a surf. How it helped you ace your medieval history finals. Mm. All all of the above. Absolutely. And above all. Keep it furry, ye ye subjects. Keep ye old perky. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it perky. Bye. Bye. This has been halfway there, but it's also the end the end of this episode of Halfway There. You get it.